heads up, this is an After Dark episode, so it means that we curse. Specifically, I curse. So if uh, you have kids, not this one. I mean, it's not a lot, but I don't want to be responsible for that. it goes and then it's us oh hey it's us um, this is uh no pro after dark for the the, the last no proscenium of 2018 i'm your host noah nelson joining me from new york city is Catherine Yu, and from uh another location in los angeles county uh down here in uh deep deep long beach uh anthony robinson hi and um Hey, it's uh, it's us. So very untraditional opening. Uh, this music created us. Uh, we do want to thank all of our Patreon backers, of course. And uh, I will endeavor to uh, get the list out. I'll, I'll see what I can do about like remembering everyone. Actually, let me. Can I do this from memory? Okay, go for um, it. Test, all right, test, test. All right. uh, can I do it from memory? So the the sustaining backers of No Presidium are Lonnie Hanson, Ari Herstand. Yeon Budman, Mark Baltazar, Sam Kinkin, and Ross Sigworth. I think I, I got it right. I think that's right. I think, that's I, think right. I got it right. Yeah. Like we, we've had a little bit of change of the lineup this year, but I think I got it right. I hope I got it right. That's nice. Uh, all complaints uh, can go to Noah at noprosidium.com. <laughs> I believe all public complaints do go to Noah at noprosidium.com. <laughs> feels like what's happened in the past. Um, either die a hero no um <laughs> so uh this this is our look back at 2018 look forward to 2019 episode uh because if you have a podcast that's a weekly podcast you are legally mandated it's actually a, a line in the tax code that you have to do a year end wrap up um minimum um and i just wanted to i wanted just to like look back like what did we enjoy what did what did what, what trends did we get into um and what are we kind of looking forward to i mean look it's us we're just gonna ramble so um who wants, <laughs> who wants to take the floor first uh well i'll go for it. i'll go for it. um so uh for those of you uh in the industry uh for uh, who are listening because i know there are uh, a bunch of you guys who kind of dabble um it's screener season because uh the awards uh, season mm. are upon us uh and uh bad industry and, yeah bad industry i'm oh, sorry yes so uh the uh the film and television industry um, right now it's uh, it's award season is getting ready to happen. And uh, I, uh, I am part of uh, the uh, director's guild of America. And as such, I get to list, watch a, a whole lot of um, things that are up for best director. So right now I'm looking at screeners and um, the, the, the funny thing for me that I keep doing now, and it's been more and more, uh, not with just uh, these, but also with like going out to theater, uh, like, you know, like traditional theater, um, as I keep looking at stuff and I go, how can you adapt the show? Like, this movie is really cool. And I like, how can you adapt the show to make it an immersive, an immersive event? I like, like I, I just watched uh, the favorite, right? Which is amazing. Ooh, how movie. is that? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's quirky and it's modern. And it's at the same time, it's a very much a period piece. And I, I kept going like, how would you put somebody in the middle of this? Cause I, cause nearly, you really do it. I nearly saw it on Christmas Eve. Um, 
yeah, like I was thinking about seeing it on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas I was also thinking about seeing it, but they had moved it out of the big theater uh, at the Cal in Berkeley, the California, which is like was my original home theater. It's the theater that I that I learned to love movies in. And because they moved it upstairs out of the big theater, I was like, I don't want to see it on the small screen. It's only a three screen theater, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, I want to see it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. So I, I avoided it. But um, glad to know you. Um, yeah. um, anyway, uh, it's well. My, my, my point. My point being in all this is that, um, and for those of you who are looking for things to adapt. Um, because adaptation is a good way to go, um, especially if it's something that has uh, moved its way into uh, to public domain. Inspired by, um, yes, exactly. inspired <laughs> that's, by a, that's a better way to go. Uh, yes, inspired by, <laughs> or, or or the stuff that's in public domain. I mean, that's uh, it's. Mm, I had a I had a conversation with uh, Monica Miklas and uh, Dr. Sue Pierce earlier this year uh, in Indicate, and uh, one of the things we talked about was like, you know, why Shakespeare? Like that was Monica's things. Like why Shakespeare? And like it's really easy. Why Shakespeare? It's free. You know, it's like, like, yeah. look at all the things that are out there that people are trying to get into. I know there's been a huge wave of Frankenstein things coming up, you know, since it's also been the anniversary uh, of, you know, of the creation of Frankenstein. There's been a lot of Frankenstein uh, inspired things that are out there. Um, you know, I, I, there's been, you know, Oz stuff out here um, in Los Angeles. I know there's been some more stuff that's going on in uh, New York and in the Midwest uh, that's, you know, bomb inspired. And the cool thing is there's so much, there's a, this, like wash out depth of things that um, are ripe for the picking. Yeah. Um, well, that, and I think uh, that's more... really, I mean, that's really smart. I mean, there's a reason why that happens in theater in general. And I don't know, I like, think everyone always like gets bent out of shape about, Oh, like there's too many reboots and there's too many remakes uh, in, in the film industry. And like, as a theater kid, I'm like, you know how many productions of Hamlet there are in a year? Yeah. You know, how many productions of Romeo and Juliet? Like, even if we don't count the high school ones, yeah. like, if we count the high school ones, like... 800 people looking at you going, to be or not to be, that is the question. Right, at yeah, the same no, time, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been in Shakespeare productions where, like, you know, the entire audience is mouthing along the words. Um, and, and, like, there's a reason for for that in, in so many ways, right? And I, and I look at what, I don't know, I look at like what Brian Cloudus does out of out of uh, the Atlanta area. And like, you know, Serembe's got, um, you know, they developed Sleepy Hollow Experience, I think, there. And then like they exported it out to Sleepy Hollow itself because he's got a relationship up um, in New England. They also did it in Ohio. But like that doesn't prevent other people from like doing Washington Irving stuff because hi you know like yeah. he's he's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's American public domain. and like i mean the speakeasy society did the hollow uh a few years back uh at uh at golden road brewery here and it was yeah. it was totally solid and like i mean this is something this is means really coming home and like this is impacting my thought across the board of just how much all of immersive uh, when it's embodied, really does benefit from being treated a little local. Yeah. You know, like there's something to the idea of, you know, this is this area's instance of this type of story, right? Or this is this area's instance of Sleep No More, right? There's Sleep No More Shanghai as well as Sleep No More New York. You know, you couldn't get everyone in the world to see this stuff, I mean, look, even Disneyland, right? How many Disneylands are there? Count the yeah. Magic Kingdom in, in Florida, right? Yeah, there, there's Hold like on. five. How many? 
Are there five? I can't. I don't remember. There's, so there's, 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 there's Anaheim, Anaheim, Orlando, Florida, Orlando uh, Paris, Shanghai, Shanghai, and, Hong and Kong, Hong Kong, and uh, six. There's six. Then. Six. Okay. Yeah. So there's six. There's but six now. There's six. And yeah. in every last one of them, there's a different version of the Haunted Mansion. Every single one. Yeah. And they're all and, slightly different. Yeah. And the thing is, is that most people, if they get to one at all, will get to one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and billions more people will never go to Disneyland, any Disney property, right? Billions more. Um, which which I, as, as a Disney a bit of a Disney nerd and as someone as someone who was born in Orange County, I feel like sad about that. It's like you can't experience my culture, right? You know? Um, but like that's that's, that's like totally that's weird. All three thing of us to think, right? Yeah. No, no, uh, no you were all, um but like um yeah I mean like, the movies are everywhere. Because like because this is not movies, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's different. It's like people get tired of movies being the same thing all the time because the distribution of that is so easy. But like I think there's something to there's something to this idea of like let's leaning into the local, leaning into the local instance, and like not not sweating originality to some degree, you know. Um, if particularly since like the, the market is the potential market for this stuff, both financially and artistically, is not even close to saturated. Like, it's like, you know, one little corner, a couple little corners have been filled in with a few of the colors on the palette. Like, there's there's way more potential here. And even as we just try and, like, organize meetups, right? Like, whether we're doing something in L.A., you know, just for, like, a weekend, like, on a weekend, like, we're doing, like, next week when we do, like, the... No Pro Live and everything immersive at Two Bit Circus, two o'clock to five o'clock. <laughs> Be there. <laughs> drink minimum. No. Uh, yeah. There's no. There's no drink minimum. There's like it's free though. But please tell us if you're coming. Yeah. Um, we do something like that. You know, we'll be in Club One that's got like a capacity of like a hundred people. You know, um, you know, the, the venue we got IDS at, we can get like like two hundred and fifty people into like the main room you know, without going to like standing room and capacity. So that means, you know, there's there's why there's only like 200 seats. Cause like, there's also like, well, there's the speakers and the volunteers and there's the sponsors. Like- So the fire marshal doesn't shut us down. Yeah, right. And yeah. so, and so I sit here going like, ah, oh, God, like we gotta find other ways to like connect everybody um, and, and, and grow, grow the creative community uh, grow, grow the fan community. Um, we have we have limited tools to do it right now, so we got to get creative. Um, and so, like that's that's where my brain's at. Like, sorry, Anthony, I totally like, hijacked your. No, 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 you're, not, so, you're, you're right it's on. It's me. Hi, it's me. I'm gonna hijack one. <laughs> but oh my God, Noah, do you remember hey. talking to Zay at this time last year, and you said you wanted to be the Johnny Appleseed of immersive? <laughs> yes, he did. And so what I have pulled up on my screen right now is oh, that map I made. No, no, uh-huh. I have the map oh. I made. Okay. Remember uh, the very last newsletter that we signed up for North America, mm-hmm. I kind of was like goading you to do it because I found something in Hawaii. Right, right, right. 
And then earlier this year, I found something in Alaska. It was amazing. It was an immersive Casablanca. Shout out to like the Juno Lyrical Opera for doing that. But yeah, like that map I made only has 36 states filled in. There's mm. so much white space here, right? Just like you're saying. So, so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey guys, here's here's your goal out there, America. If you're America and the world, if you're listening, North America, your challenge is to get an immersive event in every single state in the union. The rest of the world, I'd like to see something in every single country in the world. It can happen. It can happen this next year in two in 2019. I believe it. I don't. I don't know about every country in the world. That that'd be. That's I want to go to Zimbabwe. I want to go see a show in Zimbabwe. Like I, I need to get off my butt, y'all. Y'all. Oh, yeah, that'd be dope. Um, you know. but I think like, I mean, Zay's been Zay's been running around. He'll be in New York for like a hot minute. We gotta like get him on a microphone. He's been running around in uh, South America, and I think like, he may have encountered some stuff. I think in Brazil, but I don't know if he's encountered anything. Uh, most mostly, Zay sends me pictures of like. Like whatever Star Wars merch he found in each, in each country, and at one point I was like, "Want?" and he was like, "Which one?" and I was like, "All of it." And he's like, "He's like, okay." I was like, "I was like, do not send that to me. I don't. I don't want you. I don't want you. Uh, I don't have the room." That was actually the main reason why I didn't let him send me something. I was like, "I don't have the room." But um, I'm. I don't know about 2019. Maybe 2020. You know, maybe by 2020. I think we could probably close out the uh, the United States this year. Like 14 states. That's not too hard. Um, we have like found stuff in Canada too. Like oh, yeah. people in Edmonton, Halifax, Toronto. Like well, I'm think, constantly surprised as to what pops up. Well, and 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 this is just with like you and me. Like with, with the fact that we've got a net where we're like telling people like, hey, contact us. And then you're out there fishing all the time. I do a little bit of fishing. But one thing that's exciting about next year is we've got a number of people lined up to help out with the North American, which I'm looking forward to because I am tired um, and want to focus more on features, uh, which is also why I've asked Kevin Gossett to step in as the review editor for review editor for LA, so I get to I get to work on feature stuff more um, and kind of take myself out of certain parts of the day to day grind. I mean, I'll still be doing the occasional review here in town, but like that's not going to be my focus as much anymore. Um, and when we are able to fish and when we get more people looking at stuff, like we've got someone who's going to be helping out who like lives part time in Mexico, and when folks have local eyes, it really helps find the work. I mean, one of the reasons why we have the scene we have here in LA is that we started looking for it. And when we started looking for it, people realized that people were looking for it. And then people started meeting right. that demand. Uh, and then that kept on growing because more people started looking for it. There were more blogs that started up. There was some mainstream attention. Um, and that kind of process continues, right? Like there's there's a virtuous circle that happens. Um, I mean, I think honestly, right? Like on the Johnny Appleseed thing. I mean, Catherine, you probably you you earned that more, I think, this past year than I did in terms of you know who's out there and like just relentless. I mean, I'm cc'd on everything you send, and like my, <laughs> yeah. God, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's we fine. Have, we all have we made files for Catherine. <laughs> But it's like, it's like, it's absolutely incredible. Like, I mean, um, 
yeah i'm actually i'm, I'm kind of one of the reasons why i'm looking forward to like cutting back a bit is like i'm hoping to get a chance to do like when it's my turn to do the north american that like i'll get to go all out and use all my old tricks from the uh from the early days to make it happen so um and yeah i mean there's also there's folks abroad who are interested like definitely don't be surprised if we don't have something international you know before the end of next year if we can get the rhythm right and i do want to shout out the new york crew of reviewers because otherwise i would just be flattened by all of the simultaneous shows happening in new york so ed michaela leah blake asia like sometimes i will have all of them covering something different in a given week which is insane yeah, yeah. I mean, you did like 30 shows in one week uh, a couple a little bit ago one month that... that was october yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> october 2019 it nearly killed <laughs> yeah well and we gotta and we gotta keep on you know, gearing up for it i mean i think i mean it's interesting i mean you know when economies go wonky as the economy is gonna go wonky the entertainment industry is usually spared right mm -hmm. like people want more escape so what they call the whoopee cushion index mm -hmm. yeah and i think like we're gonna find ourselves gonna find ourselves in an interesting position where it's like there might be a lean 18 months or more where the resources aren't there to like get things off the ground but the demand's going to keep growing and i think that's that's one of the hardest places to be in is when it's like unmet demand because you don't have the resources um it's I have I have a lot of empathy these days for creators who wish that they could have more capacity to 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 build their to get to get out to their audiences or there there would be audiences because it ain't easy yeah. and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of demands particularly around just rent um, you know just putting things up is hard. Oh, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, also too, like, it's the thing we've seen out here, and I know Catherine's seen it. The bar has been raised. I mean, the bar, you know, mm. was, you know, bar was at like you know local community theater level, and now it's like, you know, world class like stage film feature. You know, depending on which which way you come at it, but like, you go to some of these shows now, and you're like, oh my god, like half your budget's for set dressing. You know, it's like you know, like if you're paying, you know, if you're paying people, great, but like you know, you guys have you know, dress the, the room and there's props and it, and it looks, you know, it's to the point where it's real. So uh, I think that's another thing that's, it's, uh, looks like it's intimidating to some people. Um, Cause I know there are some folks who have some shows that would go out, but they, they're like, we you know we can't get to that same level. That, that brings something to mind. Um, and Catherine, we'll, we'll start with you. What, 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 what were some shows that, um, that impressed you this year? Um, I'm particularly interested in, um, I'm just gonna preface this by saying like, I was doing some big drives uh, over the Christmas break and I spent a lot of time listening to uh, Waypoint Radio, which is uh, the, uh, the video game division of Vice. Uh, it's uh, led by Austin Walker, um, who's this great, great editor, great journalist. Uh, it's got a bunch of really incredible <coughs> folks and it's, it's a very as cultural critics, they're like really on point. They're they're very conscious. Like they don't they don't 
hold their politics out of what they're talking about as they talk about video games. Hmm. And I was just, I love, I love how they're finding a way to balance like, Hey, we love this thing, but you know, here's ways in which it's like problematic. And then other lines where it's like, here's, here's just like the cultural discourse around this game. Um, and, and just, they go in on levels, like really, really, really deep on stuff. Uh, while still finding ways to, you know, find the joy. And I I'm, I think about, you know, how much I love approaching this stuff as art and how much, you know, the the need to put a spotlight on things has sort of maybe moved us away from engaging with it as art. So that's the whole preface here. Um, as a toss to Catherine, like I know there was stuff that moved you artistically in New York, and I wondered if you could talk a bit about that work from the year. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing major. Just, yeah. you know, please answer the hardest question I could think of at this moment while I drink <laughs> this beer. Well, um, kind of going back to what we are talking about earlier about how so much of immersive work hangs its hat on stuff that's in the public domain, stuff that's familiar. Uh, I, after reading Leah's review, went to see Shadowplay, which looks like a take on Peter Pan from the surface, but is actually more about J.M. Barry. Uh, it's a very new theater company, I believe. Some of the principals are recent graduates. And you start out in J.M. Barry's study. He's late for an appointment to meet you. And as he's reading the script for what be, would become Peter Pan the play like the characters just kind of like burst out of nowhere and there's like a little bit of sandbox and then at some point you get tracked and it's all very much about his past his life history the mistakes he's made the marriage that he's in the uh, estranged son uh, a very tragic death of a sibling when he was young and so that I thought was really well executed but you could tell that they were trying to do it on a budget so they were being very scrappy it was a very unusual space that is normally used for proscenium shows and they kind of took over these side rooms and offices and you did enter the stage area at a couple points but it kind of had been dressed to be a dining room or a bedroom or something else so i went in not really knowing what to expect and I really enjoyed that work. Um, the other show that really spoke to me that went in a completely different direction than I had originally expected was from the creators of, I think, last spooky season's Curiosities. Um, it was a show that uh, just felt very derivative of Sleep No More slash The Matrix Hotel, um, pre-prohibition jazz age kind of stuff with a lot of sideshow players and a little bit of circus acts and their follow-up is nothing like that at all uh it is a mostly silent play about two families living in hiding during the holocaust which is subject matter that w wow. i was very i was like all right well i'm gonna give them a chance this could go you know it, it it's something that you want to treat very delicately um, it's something that I think is top of mind for a lot of people, given what's happening in the news these days. And um, I went in, tried to, you know, not really have any expectations, 
uh, I found it to be really touching, really beautiful. And the fact that all of the acting and performance is done without words, and a lot of it is one-on-one -on -one moments. I don't think it's something that you see a lot in immersive. Whoa. A lot of it is not really done here in New York. Like, I think in just in terms of budget and scale and sustainability, we don't tend to have that many shows that are, you know, mostly one-on-ones, um, but they were able to do that in a warehouse, move it to Midtown, and then I just got an email today that they are bringing it back for a third run. So I think that is just really, really impressive for a company's second show to have three runs and tackle such difficult subject matter and have basically no dialogue. Particularly for such a hard turn away from curiosities, because I mean, I remember Zay talking about that show to me as well. I'm just sort of kind of like, and they they ran that show a few times, um, and yeah, like that, and that indeed the the this show about the the, the families hiding during the Holocaust um, was like exactly what I was thinking about in terms of you know, what I knew you had seen over the course of the year because you know it's it can be scary when folks take on like the the big stuff. Um, because you don't know if folks are going to kind of address stuff in a, in a, they're not going to, you don't know if people are going to pay the proper respect to the material. Um, and the whole aspect of this where there's interactivity or the audience has agency, I think can open up a lot of extra questions, you know? So I guess. So here's one of those extra questions. Um, what what was the audience cast as in the piece? So there were one-on-ones. Were you flies on the wall? Were you members of the family? Were you something else entirely? So it was implied that you were living with them. And um, I guess, small spoiler, but like in the offboarding, you were given documents like papers and you were told good luck as they pushed you out into the world. So in that sense, you're kind of like with them, your fellow refugees, fugitives from, you know, that, the law, that kind of stuff. So it was never explicitly um, said in that way. But when they brought you in, it was like, please be very, very quiet. You must be silent. The workers are going to hear you. Like, that was your entry into the world. And then on your way out, it was like, take this fake passport. Go, 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 now. Heavy. Yes. Heavy in a beautiful way. Um, and, and then there was, um, oh, you know, I, sorry to totally switch gears, um, no. but there was another show and it got me thinking about um, just kind of how I had seen a lot of stuff that was more linear or looping, or it was telling like one narrative from like multiple perspectives. And when I went to see Inside the Wild Heart by Group BR, which is picking and choosing like all of the different best parts of Clarice Lispector's novels and short stories, um, it felt very kind of abstract and surreal and dreamlike. And they weren't trying to tell a single cohesive story. It was more about themes. And it was very interesting to me because I'd seen maybe the three or four shows right before that were all a single narrative. And then all of a sudden I got thrown into this, this non-linear jumping from novel to novel, jumping from short story to short story, just kind of more character driven stuff. 
And if you followed her work at all, you know that like towards the end of her life and career, you know, her very, um, her later works, um, she almost kind of gives up the pretense of characters and she just kind of starts talking to you. So I had this wonderful scene where I wandered into a kitchen and a woman in a bathrobe who had made some sort of odd concoction started talking to me about eggs and chickens and whatnot. And it felt like a one-on-one in front of everyone. And then at some point she got up and slammed the door behind her and left. And then I think Carnival started right behind me. So that was uh, just totally, totally <laughs> unexpected surprise. What a, what a what an amazing yeah. turn moment. Like you're in this like, feels like a one-on-one, but people are watching you. And then the character goes up and leaves and slams the door. And then just a party breaks out. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, like, like a moment of like watching a, a movie and like they remove one of the walls on the set as like the world is completely changes around the characters, except it's you. The yeah, and they had, they, had, uh, they had decorated this entire brownstone that was on loan from an artist and there were feathers and eggs and projections and um, pictures of chicken everywhere. And What's up with it? There what was the chicken eyeballs. theme about? Um, well, she has a bunch of essays about chickens and eggs and God. And so there's because she wow. has this rich body of work to draw from, they kind of took from like, oh, she talks about this a lot. She talks about that a lot. She talks about birth and death and life and whether or not, um, you know, the concept of infinity is tragic or beautiful. Like those are some of the things that the characters were talking about. Mm. Oh. So that's, a, that's, the, that's the spectrum of New York. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's fantastic. I mean, like you, you. I want the work to make us feel things, but I also want it to make us think. You know, like um, um, the the immediacy of immersive is fantastic, um, but God knows, like there can be something that's like I don't know, a little self indulgent if it's just like all focused about. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you feel something. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in this situation, and and try and like force empathy on you or something like that, as opposed to like giving people the keys to kind of question uh, to unlock to unlock something. Yeah, yeah, to, to unlock a conversation. Yeah, um, I mean Spielberg's fine, right? You know, like Spielberg <laughs> like makes you feel things all the time and like plays you like a fiddle, and that's great. But like that's just one. That's just one part of the piano, right? Well, well, that's the thing. It's like you want, like, it's great when you feel something you're in the moment for that movie, but what you really want is something that you're going to be talking about tomorrow. I mean, it's the water cooler mm-hmm. conversation. You want an immersive or a movie or a book, whatever it is, to be something you're going to be talking about for a while because the best stuff really does spread by word of mouth. Um, I know one of the cool things for me, my wife, is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to drag her into the immersive world. Um, she, She's you know, sticking a toe in once in a while. Um, but I've taken her to two things that she really, really enjoyed. And the neatest part for me was watching her want to talk about it immediately afterwards. Like literally you walk out the door, you know, walking down the street back to the car. And it's like, okay, I want to talk about this right now. And the thing and this other thing and this other thing. And then for the next month, we're literally, that's the conversation. And, you know, the some of the better stuff, and I'm sure this is true for both of you guys and for, for, listening, for our listening audience out there, um, 
the best stuff is usually the stuff that you're talking about weeks afterwards that you want to other you, you talk to your friends, you talk to people who've seen it, you want to reach out and you want to you know digest it. Um, not just because you all saw it something different, but because mm. part, part of the engagement of of immersive is be, it being a shared experience. So I mean, I mean that's well, and one of those. You, you wrong, but, one, but one of the shows that your wife saw with you that you probably talked a lot about was uh, in another room season two, right? Yeah, yeah. And like in that show, um, you you get it is possible. Like in the beginning, you can get like everyone gets like a one-on-one and then you can share notes afterwards. But most of that show you're with everyone with everybody together. Else. Yeah. Um, and it's just so, it's so character driven and it's so layered because of that character driven nature. And uh, yeah. And, and I mean, the, the truth of it was, I mean, the big thing for her, um, my wife grew up reading horror books when she was a kid. She was, wasn't one of the ones who snuck, you know, snuck out the books. It was her mom handed her a Stephen King, you know, novel when she was nine, you know, so, um, which explains a lot of our relationship. Um, oh my God, which one? <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to remember which one she handed her. It was like, she, she handed, she's read a bunch of, like my wife reads horror, uh, like almost as fast as she reads, like, you know, the, like, you know, Twitter. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she, you know, she didn't have to sneak that. That was she, she grew up watching those, and she grew up reading those. And so, like her first thing, because uh, there's a, a amazing scene in, in towards the end of that show, um, where it's kind of like their Stranger Things moment, where it's like, you know, hey, we're gonna give you a little kid in a room with a monster, and it's innocent and frightening and it's funny and literally we came out of it she was giggling she goes oh my god oh my god oh my god this is like the stuff that me and my sister used to pretend we used to do all this exact thing same thing and i think for for her that was you know it was it became a shared experience not just with me and her husband but it became a shared experience with her sister um you know for something that they'd done and she reached out and she told her about it and then later when e3w you know put out their uh their little cool you know after the fact trailer they did um check it out guys if you haven't seen it you should go look on youtube you can find it I'm so um, jealous uh it, it is uh you know she she literally she sent it to like 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 all three of her siblings all four of her siblings she was like here just take it and just like watch this this is this was really amazing everybody's like wait this was a this was a theater thing it's like yes you're sitting there and it's like wait you're in the middle of it it's like yes you're in the tent with the, you know with her and this monster and it, the fact that she wanted to talk to other people and bring them into that world to me is you know that's that's kind of that's the pure joy of going to an immersive thing i mean it's like you go see cirque du soleil you know i'm, I'm just gonna jump around like if you've gone to see cirque du soleil or if you're gonna see sleep no more or if you've gone to one of the amusement parks you know one of the big ones uh you know disney or knots or you know, you know like universal which of them you want to talk about what you saw right you want to talk about the experiences you had you know what you ate what the butterbeer tasted like oh this cool ride was awesome and there was this thing and here's my you know my my, my toy that i bought because you know it was this great experience you want to jabber with everybody about it and it kind of spreads like wildfire. Um, and what I'm seeing, what I, what I love to see are, you know, these immersive shows where everybody wants to talk about them. And we had a couple in LA uh, recently, uh, Theater Macabre, where it was like people had gone back over and over again and everybody wanted to talk about it. And, you know, uh, people who went to go see uh, uh, In Another Room season, you know, uh, 20, uh, 2018, you know, like we talked about it. Like we reached people really found other people and talked about it um you know i well, want to like, go, i yeah, mean yeah. i think people talked about it i think 
you know, people still talking about the plot. And I think that what's interesting, so, and, and, and season two of In Another Room was definitely one of the, one of the highlights for, for my year. And from, from a standpoint of like the storytelling and just like the flow of it, it was incredible. And I could wax poetic about the structure oh, and sort of what, what they've managed to do as a company in, in finding a structure. Uh, that they can plug new stories into. But I think what's really interesting about that piece is its meditation on um, loss and longing in in relation to loss, right? Like yeah. those stories, you know, it was like, it was ghosts telling you their ghost stories is sort of the conceit and like the rabbit hole goes down further and further. But what's really holding the piece together isn't just that all these stories happened in the same house. It's that these characters all lost someone. Or something. Um, or something. Yeah. Right. They, they lost an ass, you know, they lost something of themselves. Um, or in, in the case of like the initial, um, in, the, in the first round robin, um in the first of the round robin uh the, all the women had these toxic relationships that they were a part of and then that toxic relationship theme kind of led you into the next piece which then you know drifted into something that was that was about um identity and about being able to be who you are in the world um but you know being in a time when you're not allowed to be and then that was and how that one leading to loss and then to death. And then that drifted into one that was about loss. So it was almost like this mar this thematic marathon. Yeah. Um, and each story was each of those stories was complete in and of itself in terms of its meditation on a very specific thing, but it all tied itself together. And on a craft level, that was incredible. But what's really invigorating there, particularly I think the middle piece, which is about a, a man who's returned from World War II. Um, he was discharged because he was he was gay. Um, and over the course of it, like we find out, like you know, his his lover's been missing, and he's been like trying to listen for his lover, uh, communicating through him to him through a number station, kind of communicating to him from beyond. And this this sense of Finding your identity in your relationship with someone else is something that's borrowed from the first sequence, but this conflict that exists inside that story between the lead character's ability, you know, to, or inability to live his life as a, a gay man, you know, in like you know 1949 or whenever it was happening, uh, you know, post World War II. And how that indeed leads to his destruction. Uh, like, there's just something. It was something great about the fact that we had this supernatural story, but it was dealing with something that was based in the real world. Based in the real very, world, very much. Yeah. And 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 just was you know, real and true in a poetic sense yeah. and not just 
not just like, wow, this is amazing. Right. You know, yeah. or like, oh my God, like, you know, like I'm moving, I'm moving mountains. Right. You know, like I me, mean, I, I love things that are like whiz bang, you know, like I love, I love the idea of you know, star Wars, but you know, on a superficial level, but like, I, I nothing have nothing has staying power if there isn't a resonance underneath it right if there isn't a meditation and i think that for a long time the shortcut's been to rely upon pre-existing material right sleep no more uses the scottish play and that stuff has resonances in it right you know like there's there's no avoiding the meditations on power and you know, power, lust, and lust, lust, and all that stuff that's baked into that story. Um, but as people experiment with the form, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing even more emphasis on um, <clears throat> having something to say, you know, having something to say um, in, a, in a way that comes out through the world and the telling and not just through um, exposition, yeah. getting dramatic again. And I think In Another Room is one of those pieces this year out here in LA that really did that. It, it was it was show, not tell. And thank God for that. Yeah. Um, and, and going to that, it's like I say, it's being able to share that outside of the circle kind of bring it full you know all the way around being able to share that outside of you know the circle of people who saw it um i think it was an important thing for for these shows um it, it kind of it is a it is a way and a touchstone of connecting in that church remember when we talked about church last time about building church oh yeah we, we had that conversation um it is a way of building a church. And it's like, if you, if you, I'm, I'm going to proselytize, I'm, I'm going to go here and proselytize on the world of immersive theater, y'all. Um, when we have these moments that really touch us in these, these pieces, and not just, not just, you know, manipulate, you know, that we're manipulated into feeling something is that when we actually want to think about it and grab hold of it and then pass it on to somebody else, it does light a little spark in other people. I mean, like, how many of these shows got started because somebody went to go see something? How many of these production companies got started because they saw, you know, uh, you know, whoever they went to go see a show, you know, and they said, we can do that too. And I, it's one of the things I really love about, about this part of the culture is that, you know, we look at it and we're like, can I do that too? I can do some of it. I can do part of it. And I know somebody else who can do something else. And it becomes that whole, like, you know, like, Hey kids, we're putting on a, put on a show in the barn and everybody comes together and you either can make something new or in our case, you can make a, you know, try to build some a group of people who talk about it and look at these things and kind of bring them to other people. So it's, um, I, I think it is important that there are shows out there, um, that make us, want to connect with other people and just talk about about the world you know what else what else moved you um in town this this year um honestly like one of the, the things that i actually really um that i really dug on was earlier this year uh i believe it was earlier this year it's all kind of swimming together but the car plays they came back oh yeah 
back around through Seekstrom. Um, that was something, dude. Um, in part because it was a bunch, it was the same way, you know, it was a bunch of these little beautiful little vignettes that were about something that made you think, made you feel something. And some of them were funny and some of them were absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. And some of them were, you know, these weird little, you know, thought pieces. And uh, the fact that, you know, I got to see five different shows in a car, <laughs> you know, in five different cars, from, you know, looking from the back seat was kind of cool. You know, um, and uh, that's, another, that's another case of like someone's found a great formula and can plug different stories into it, you know, um, and it's really paid off for them. I mean, the only downside to the car plays in as much as there's a downside is that, you know, once an instance is done, it's kind of retired. Like they don't bring back seasons. Yeah. Um, but like I could imagine at some point and maybe they will and them like publishing all of the car plays and then people going and like putting the cycles on like in their own areas because kind of like why not yeah well um, i mean you could and there's a lot of them i mean there's a ton there's there's a ton of them now so you know this is what their second or third time doing it doing i this, think more this, than that uh, so, easily yeah, yeah. I, I think we're talking half a dozen times probably at this point like i know and, they've done it at wow a few times they've done it you know off site of wow and and every, and every show is like you know like a column of cars so like a column of cars is like you know three to five cars they usually do two to five columns and each has a completely different show in it you know you could yeah. do a week and do let not repeat anything you know? oh yeah and some of them sometimes they're um sometimes the runs are connected yeah. right so like a like a a cycle might all i mean one of the ones that the one i think i, I think i saw two in in san diego i can't remember it's been a little while now um and I know one of them, all of them were connected around the same incident. Like there had been an accident and each of the, each of the cars was either in the accident or in relation to the accident in some way, in some ways, like in some radically different way. Uh, and because of the way it's structured, you know, everyone gets loaded into one of the cars of the one of the five cars and then it rotates so you might be the first car you're in might be one that's set after the accident uh or might be one before or might be during the accident um and you get this get this sort of fractal view of reality and that was just one of the cycles they had that year there were other cycles going on that weren't structured that way um and just a, it's a lovely format um, and it really leans into um, playwrights telling stories in that site-specific way. So question, what do you guys want to see coming up? I mean, like, what, what, are your, what are your hopes to see, like, this coming year? I mean, like, we're closing out 2018. It's been an exciting year. It's been full of a lot. Um, like, I know one of the things that, like, I, I would love to see, because um, I know that there are more in other cities, pod plays. You know, mm. I, I love to see, I love to see some pod plays, more pod plays spring up here in Los Angeles, um, especially after hearing you guys talk about, um, uh, was it her long black hair? Yeah. Yes. So um, good. So good. <laughs> and uh, we well, don't I know have anything like that out here. So we don't have anything like that exactly. I mean, here's something. So. Hmm. I know that people are thinking about that. 
And then I also want to point to something we haven't covered yet, in part because I wanted to have a bunch of us check it out uh, since it's persistent anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, alone, the alone experience uh, dropped like a 60 minute piece. Um, I think Edward checked it out and uh, Jessica said she was going to check it out um, under very specific conditions. I don't know if she, she pulled that off or not. Uh, I'd be delighted if she did. And then because right, you're supposed to do it in a super busy place, like it needs to, to be in public. Yes, it needs to be in public. Um, and she she chose something with a high level of difficulty. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure she managed to pull that off. And right. Like, well, she's like like on a family trip, right? So right. Ed was will, like, "I'll do it in Times Square," and I'm like, yeah. "All right, yeah, it's on it's Spotify. Cool. You can do it anywhere." Yeah. And so <laughs> I've I need to download it, um, and I want to go and do it. Uh, I just got to pick, pick the spot to do it in. Um, and, and find a little, I think it's something I'm probably going to do this weekend, actually. That's, that's a good point. I keep on trying to remind myself to, to grab it. And then we were going to, um, not just do like one write up of it because that's boring. Um, instead like do like a multi-person write up of it. Um, so, uh, that's something that's, that's extant right now. And that indeed can be done anywhere in the world. And then, the stuff that's like location specific, which is what her long black hair is, or right. what some of the some of Aaron Mee's work, that's something that uh, I would not be surprised <laughs> <laughs> to see some of that in Los Angeles in the next year. Uh, and I literally shouldn't say more than that about that. Like that's already saying too much. So, dun, um, dun, dun. yeah, but like, not like, not like, oh my God, I can't believe that these people are doing this. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just like, your folks are working on stuff. Um, but I also think it's like, it's such a great format. Um, and there's, there's so much potential around it and it's becomes persistent. Like you don't have to, um, you don't have to staff it once it's up, Yeah, you know? Um, and it's still a very compelling experience. Or can be anyway. Yeah. But Catherine, what, what are you what are you looking at? What do you what do you want to see? You mean like in general or like specific shows or Yes. Both? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh yeah. I think I was actually just complaining to Michaela about this, but uh January is festival season in New York City. Most of it does not fall under No Proscenium's purview, but some parts of it do. So um, let's see if I can remember all of this. Uh, Taylor Myers, who was on the show last year, is one of multiple performers in a show called Duetted. And that is all one-on-ones for one hour between the audience member and performer. And that's part of the Exponential Festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff happening with under the radar festival um i know that peter Masante is just finishing up his kid friendly yes. jane jacobs inspired immersive festival just for families where you see four yeah. plays in a row which is amazing he's also a great performer um in his own right he was in you are nowhere you are now here and uh, works a lot with andrew schneider um, but i guess other stuff that I'm also looking forward to, it just it's all seeming to happen uh, in the beginning of January, mid-January. Um, as you may know, Sinking Ship is mounting the Mortality Machine, which yeah. is going to be at Wildrance on the Lower East Side. Some they job. are working with some pretty incredible dancers, 
you might recognize some familiar faces who perhaps have been in Then She Fell or some of Linked Dance Theater's shows. And of course, everyone knows uh, Tommy Hansen from Museum of Selfies, because I know he hates when I lead with Museum of Selfies. And also <laughs> Stash House is doing a lot of the design elements. So I know it just, it seems like they've put together a lot of very interesting things. They've been starting playtests already. It's dance meets theater meets LARP. So that is going to be super interesting. And then another thing that I'm really looking forward to is Billy Bell, who formed a company with uh, his creative partner, Devin Compton. They're called Cinereal Productions, and they've been doing immersive work in this kind of members only club in Chelsea for a while. And they're about to mount their first public show. It's a retelling ish of Alice in Wonderland, but it's got a bunch of familiar folks who you might recognize from sleep no more. And it's an immersive show on the weekend during the day. It's called the unbrunch and they actually want to feed you during it. So you're, and, and you know, it kind of, Goes along with that Alice in Wonderland theme. Um, I know that Kelly Bartnick's in it, a bunch of other folks. They're being kind of cagey as to who who all is in the cast, but they said that they've done some non-traditional casting. So I'm guessing maybe there might be some like gender swapping of roles and there's food and it's Alice in Wonderland and it's a fresh new take and Billy's super, super interesting and talented as a Juilliard trained dancer who used to be the boy witch, who now studies themed entertainment design at SCAD. So right right in the no proscenium wheelhouse. So I guess to bring it up a level, like, <laughs> you know, more of the theater mixing with the escape rooms. I would like the void to hurry up and open up their 10,000 locations across the country <laughs> oh, that are supposed to happen. I want Chained to tour because they keep dropping all of these hints. More mixed reality, theme park stuff. <laughs> more, more, more XR would be would be nice. Like I think there's a lot of potential there, but the stuff that winds up, you know, incorporating people. Like I hadn't gotten a chance, and I know there's a lot of that work. Like there's there was Draw Me Close, and there was Alice, and a, uh, a bunch of or no Jack, excuse me. I think it's also something called Alice. Um, Yes, um, uh, Matthias did both, yes, and then yes, uh, the DV group who he did Alice with mm -hmm. also did the uh, horrific virtual reality play at Venice, and so I think just like that one project like sparked multiple branches, and Jack was with Baobab Studios, and now they're doing yep. Jack Part Two, and all this stuff kind of happening. Yeah, and I and what's and all of that are things that involve live performers with um with the vr mixed in uh and maybe has like you know the haptic floors or has like other other technological aspects to it and i think the, one of the things that was really exciting about chained was that um, while it's still localized and all the stuff ultimately went to being localized it wasn't happening in the context of a festival so kind of the first time it kind of reaches beyond the festival world and i mean the hardest thing is just going to be instancing this stuff but I think there's a potential mm -hmm. here to instance this stuff um, in a way that is easier because because things like the Void and Dreamscape are getting out there. There will be you know, and the two bit circuses of the world. Like yeah. there's there's 
space for people um, really making this kind of boundary pushing work, um, which I guess kind of like I'll, I'll, I'll slide in here speaking boundary pushing work. I mean, Anthony, you and I got to go check out Psych Ward. Oh, um, yeah. Down at, down at Crossroads on the escape. And like, I mean, what's what's really great about that piece um, was actually something like I recognized like right towards, right at the end, like kind of crescendoed. And the crescendo was very much like, uh, there's a game called Space Team, which you can get for, I think for all kinds of things, but it's really a mobile game. But it's a mobile game that you play oh, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as a team. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. iOS. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's on iOS. You need multiple people. Yeah. You need multiple people. Yeah. Yeah, the commander and the captain and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And everyone, and what it is is like the way the game works. And if you haven't gotten this game, get this game. Uh, it's a great party game. And I think like it's even like, I don't know if everyone has to, I can't remember how it was. It's cheap too. Yeah. Uh, and it can work in, it can, it's, it's, it loses Bluetooth, like the local area network. And then what it is, is like you're all in the same instance and you're all shouting at each other to execute commands because the, you're being told to do things, but the things you have to do, those buttons aren't on your pad. So someone else has to hit a button. And that's what's really kind of cool about it. It's like you're, you're in a room and you're shouting at each other the way you would, you know, like as a disaster was hitting the Enterprise, yeah. right? It's like, you know, like, you know, activate phasers, you know, like, you know, purge the dilithium chamber. Like you're just shouting back and forth like, oh, I got this, I got this. And that's the only way you like survive. And that moment, there's a moment like that in Psych Ward. Yeah. And... You know, granted, you know, somebody go like, oh man, you just spoiled it. No, there's no, no spoiler. There's no there. spoiling cycle. No. <laughs> there's, there's no spoiling cycle because I mean yeah, actually there's a few things to spoil, like, you know, that I won't say because there's, there's lots of little delights. Yes. But what's amazing about it is it, it's all about creating that kind of dynamic and about the the players. Uh, you know, there's they're they're playing. There's a game where it's like some of you, you know, win under this condition, and some of you win under that condition. So it's a it's a competitive puzzle, yeah. a competitive embodied puzzle game, right? Yeah. Is what it really is. Yeah, it's, it's not an escape room. It's, yeah. it's not an escape room, escape room right? No. Um, hmm. But but what's what's awesome <clears throat> about it is like that means it's essentially a brand new genre, yeah. right? And but in the macro sense, if you step back and say, I mean, weirdly enough, like um, Space Squad in Space over at 2-Bit Circus, which I haven't played the final version of it, like it, it, it started its escape room, kind of drifted into being something that's a little bit more like it's a cooperative, like embodied game. Yeah. But this is the thing, right? Is that it's a platform for competition or cooperation <clears throat> that can be replayed. And you change, you can tweak just a few things and that can create a brand new experience for the players. But with Psych Ward in particular, if you bring other, even, even if you bring the same people, yeah, it's not going to be the same game each game, time yeah. because they're going to randomize your roles. Um, and so it's going to play differently. Like you might, maybe if you went like every day for a week, you'd memorize all the puzzles. Yeah, but, but even if so you many did, puzzles. There's so many, so many puzzles, puzzles number one. <laughs> oh and then God. number two, number two, you're still not going to memorize what your fellow players are doing. No, and that's that's the key to this. It, it, that, there's a game that's like, if, if you do it right, even as a player, because we had a little bit of role-playing going on while we were doing it. I mean, no. Oh, we totally had some role-playing totally, going on. Oh, my God. Tell me. Tell me. Who is the leader? 
and who was the first ma- who was like run and get it guy well, who was no, the tell no, everyone no. what to do it's guy not, it's, not even, yeah. it's not even that it is uh <laughs> i mean i mean there was there was a point where everybody was trying to figure out it's like because it's just a matter of like you know you're you're lunatics at the insane asylum <laughs> you know so there please was a, go on oh yeah well you know us it's like you know there's you know me the smiley guy noah the the quirky crazy yelling guy um <laughs> And uh, you know we had the 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 mums the word people. I mean, it was it, we we got into it, man. It was, uh, and I think that's that's a whole nother level. I mean, like it's this neat embodied experience where, like like you say, it's this platform for for a story, and there's a story there, but you can bring so much more to it if you decide to. I mean, you can turn that into your own little you know personal LARP if you want. Yeah. To. Well, it's yeah, it's a platform for play. Yeah. And I think like, and that's something that, I mean, there's there's a huge potential here for. I, I almost want to stop calling it the escape room industry, right? There's a huge potential here for the this type industry. of yeah. well, this kind of this, this location-based entertainment, this like themed, you know, it, it's definitely more of a themed entertainment. Like it's like a, yeah. it's 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 location-based gaming, right? Like it's a location-based game. Like you 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 could kind of play something like it at home, but to get the full effect, you need to go to some to go to a place. Yeah. And there I mean, well, I want to see Maddie and Luke do like really well with this thing, and I'd love to see them. I mean, like they were sort of resistant. I could tell Maddie was like resistant to the idea. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I was, like I was like, you guys can franchise this. So I, like, I don't know about that. I'm like, I'm like, well, you better, because yeah. like I could see easily see folks coming in and being like, oh wow, yeah, we could put these in all kinds of places and not be exactly. I mean, that's the thing though. Like people, someone's gonna rip them off. Right, someone's gonna go and like try and rip them off, and that's gonna make me angry. Um, but they're gonna try and rip them off because it's so good. And then other people are gonna go, and they're gonna go, "Holy crap! What if it was themed like this, and the puzzles weren't like that, but it was like this, and the game was really this type of social interaction?" Right? Because there's all kinds of different ways to graph graft it in. There's totally different approaches here. It's yeah. it's a category starter. Um, but with a higher degree of difficulty than an escape room. Like you've got to be a really good game designer and a good puzzle maker in order to come up with a game that works like this. I mean, an escape room is, by comparison, straightforward. Solve puzzles in an order, solve and get out, right? Yeah. Like, and it, it launches thousand ships. This This thing will be... You know, it won't. It'll yeah. launch some 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 uh, some copycats and whatnot, yeah. but it won't launch nearly as many as escape rooms do. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. <laughs> it's it takes. Hard. You got to be. You got to be more clever to like design something like that. Um. But oh my god! Like once you do, because of the replay factor, yeah. like like I want to go get. Can we go again? Oh, I totally want to go in. Like like yeah yeah. yeah. Kathy, get out here so we, we we'll drag you. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. So that's Psych Ward. Crossroads games in Anaheim. Anaheim. Anaheim yes, yeah. in Anaheim. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. And like, and I think more things of that nature, right? Like, yeah. and and things like the void and spaces and dreamscape and, and all these other things, they're they're touching the same nerve, which yes. is, you know, it's a social experience of playing a game, um, preferably with your friends out in a place that has more technology and more whiz bang factor than you can have at home. Yeah. 
And, um, and I, think, I think the void is tapped into the fact that they're doing it in malls now. I mean, like mm -hmm. if you took, if you took what Crossroads has done and put it in a mall, oh my God, like it would work. And people would go, yeah. and you're like, Hey, we're going to have a birthday party at, at the, in, you know, at the psych ward. You know, it's like, <laughs> God. <laughs> one Maybe, of you yeah. doesn't get yeah. to go home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, and like, well, and this is the thing, right? And malls are malls are into it. I mean, if memory serves, Dreamscape has like one of their yeah. partners is Westfield. Yeah. Right. And like this is this is real deal here at this point, right? You know, these retail. I mean, th there was a whole piece. I don't know if you, I don't know if you y'all saw it, um, but Tommy was on CBS this morning. Uh, I did couple, see that screenshot. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was couple, fake at first. No, it's real. Oh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was really like Tommy was like kind of like waxing poetic, and like the Luke Burbank was like, "Hold on a second, Tommy." It was one of those things. It was like, "Oh God, great!" But then I was also like, "Great, well, that's like our 1980s like let's mock the people playing D and D moment." You know, it's like Luke Burbank who like made his name making podcasts. Um, like you can play this game, buddy. Uh, but like uh, you, you know, the, the thesis of that piece started, which was about experiential retail that ultimately got into like 29 rooms and museum selfies and everything was that retail stores are headed towards pop-up because traditional brick and mortar is dead as a doornail and you need a showroom stuff and brand, but brands still need to connect. Yeah. So that's where the vector is like people who own malls and own shopping centers, they need attractions and they need stuff that's going to bring people in as foot traffic uh, it used to be anchor stores. It used to be like, all right, I'm going to go to Nordstrom's. I'm going to go to JCPenney's. I'm going to go to the movie theater, right? Um, Dreamscape also has a deal with AMC, right? They're going to be putting their stuff in at AMC theater. So I'm going to go to those things. Well, people don't go to the movies at home, you know, out in the world as much as they did because of Netflix and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, the big box stores are died off because of Amazon. Um, you know, even though Amazon's going to brick and mortar and doing all of its stuff, Restaurants are still a thing. Bars are still a thing, um, and and games and other attractions are another way to get people to go into these spaces and spend money. Because at the end of the day, that's what a retail landlord cares about: is how much per square foot can they charge in rent? And they've got so many storefronts yeah there's a bunch are, of fallow now you know it's, they're, they're yeah. yeah and in states where um you know in states where where like pot's being legalized right you know <laughs> there's there's competition i mean and i'll say this in la all the time you know to folks like look one of the biggest competitors immersive has um you know when it comes to real estate is you know weed because you go down to like melrose and yeah, like 60 Out has a bunch of escape rooms there, but there are way more dispensaries, dispensaries yeah. than there are escape rooms on Melrose. Dispensaries are in places that used to be like footwear stores and clothing boutiques and record stores. But guess what makes more per square footage? The dispensary, right? And the dispensary yeah. definitely makes way more per square footage than 60 Out does, I imagine, right? Like I'm just don't have any evidence to that but like i gotta imagine that they do and you know the landlord ultimately like profits from that um but 
the problem with something like an escape room, right, is like it's one and done. This changes that in yeah. a way that is different than how um, the void or dreamscape changes it. Because like both of those, they've got their stage and their physical plant, but you know, really one of those experiences, having done some of them more than once, yeah. not having yet done Nicodemus though, which I think has a lot of potential. Um, you know, if you've done it twice, this is a you've really return. done it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally diminishing return. You've really done it. There's no secret to unlock. Nicodemus, I think is different because it has multiple endings and I'm really looking forward to catching that at some point with, with the right group of people. Um, but then also lies the issue, right? It's like you could go in with randos and plenty of people do. I'm not the kind of person who likes to go. I like to go in with my gaming group, right? Like I was so thankful that that um, the group got to be you, Juliet, Mike and Russell, and one of Michael and Russell's friends, right? Like it was yeah. great. You know, playing with all those folks is really fantastic. Um, so that that really changes. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Another thing, and this is a big surprise. See, I, I can bring it back on track, guys. Um, we were not off the, track. We were perfectly on track. We, we were good exactly. Um, the other thing that I'm kind of excited about, and this this one, I'm, I'm actually surprised, uh, and some of this is recent. So another piece that I saw in the past couple of weeks that I haven't had a chance to write up yet, um, and and this one kind of like was taking time just because like it was done. Right, you know, um, so it kind of goes down in the queue. It's like, hey, this one's already done. Nah, you know, writing about it, you know, it's like writing about the concert afterwards. It's like, I'm gonna give you a concert review. It's like, oh, thanks for telling me what I missed. Um, I've always hated that. <laughs> There's some writers I still re <laughs> resent because it's like, thanks for telling me about the show that you really enjoyed, Cheryl Eddie. Um, <laughs> yep, I can remember who it was. Uh, she writes for IO9 these days. Um, the uh, <laughs> the resentment never ends. Um, the uh, Polly's Polymers Holiday Office Party, or whatever the actual name is. I mean, it was Polly's Polymers. So this was this is one of those pieces that was like thrown together really quickly. Uh, I went in kind of being like, really, like I don't know, office parties. Like, do I really want to go to an office party? Um, a combination of the fact that the we were endowed with a very clear social role. And I'm, I'll get into this like when I start the review, but like we had a clear social role in relate that allowed us to be uh, strangers in a strange land, but know exactly who we were in that world. So that was a really great thing. And then it was most in terms of like lowering anxiety about interact about interaction. And then it just it was zany and ultimately low stakes like it's all interpersonal stakes but very clear and just kind of lightweight and fun and it was like a breezy way to spend like you know an hour hour and 15 minutes with some improvisers doing quirky character stuff and simple to follow like status relationships and you know they rewarded your curiosity just by being playful and it didn't cost a lot of money uh, it didn't have like a massive amount of production value uh, and it was kind of pop up and, and, and go away. And if that crew or if other crews can kind of find more structures like that, that just really reward playfulness, like just straight up playfulness 
on the interactive theater side. I'm going to call it more interactive than immersive, really, but like that sort of part of our world. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there um, in terms, particularly in terms of being the sort of television connective experience. Like, like people want, people like, you know, they want their next fix. Like what's the next thing going to be? And I think what's going to move us forward though, as a, as a, as a field is the stuff that has a lot of thought and attention and artistic intent and production value, things that really are baked. But to provide that sort of like, oh, I want a quick hit or like, hey, wouldn't it be nice to go do this? This is fun and introduce people to some level that's fun and doesn't cost a lot of money. Stuff like Polly's Polymers, I think is where it's at. Um, because the stakes are low in many ways, but it's entertaining as fuck. And as a way of entertaining folks and keeping them engaged, um, I think it's it's a really natural, smart way to go. And I wanna see more of that kind of work between the pieces that people make where they've put in a lot of effort. Because that's the other thing I really want to see is I want to see people, you know, I don't want to see people just popping stuff up really quickly and kind of, you know, getting stuff that's sort of half finished up at the door. Because we don't win new converts on that stuff. Um, but I do understand the desire to meet the demand once it's there. But I think it's the lighter weight stuff that's going to help with that in a big way. Excellent. What are you looking forward to, Anthony? Uh, well, it's back to me. Um, mm -hmm. gosh. Uh, <laughs> Stop trying uh, to hide. Oh man, it's like yeah. It's like, well, you started it. Oh well, you know. Uh, no, no, I didn't start the fire. Uh, <laughs> that would be no. I come in. I come in Noah's footsteps. Um, no, 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 no. You, you, you asked this question. <laughs> two of us. So now answer, it. Okay. answer it. Answer uh, it. Come on, Claire. Answer the question. Um really i'm i'm looking forward and holding my breath and it's gonna a lot of people are gonna hate me i'm saving my ducats up so that when a certain theme park opens up a new wing um that i can that i can go and I, i'm gonna be mean i'm not taking my kid for the first time i go <laughs> anthony so, that let's, is okay let's, let's well, be real here let's be real here <laughs> first times for daddy first time so, so you're gonna go to galaxy's edge without the rest of your family um Let's see, yes, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm evil. Like uh, it's, a, it's a scouting trip. You have to do some reconnaissance. It, oh, oh, make sure it's appropriate. Everything you know. Yes, I, well, I have to do a scouting trip. See, the other thing is too. I'm just getting like, it's been it's been a really weird time. It's like I've gone the long way around to get my kids into Star Wars, and the older one is is digging on it now, like really digging on it. Cause now he's like really old enough to like grok let's you know like okay mm. there's stuff happening and the young one kind of like you know gets the lightsabers and the in the guns part so um and that's you know, that's all it is for me is the lightsabers and the guns. <laughs> that's the important part but you know you know i'm the weirdo who you know I, i've got my i got my pants with my blood stripe on them you know so um you know it's like, like i've already got i've already got my jacket Your non canon coding curly and blood stripe my you know, like, <laughs> you've formerly canon but no no yeah. kidding uh yeah well, uh, but yeah, I've got my, I got my, uh, 
my blood stripe and you know get my little spacer jacket yes i know it's a spacer jacket and um i'm gonna you know i'm gonna creep down because there's a cantina in the middle of that place yeah and, there's uh, a bar there's, there's the a, first bar in Disneyland, and yeah. it's the Star Wars bar. We and, can drink long last. It's like, finally, now that we're adults, we <laughs> finally get to drink in Disneyland proper, and it just so happens to be at the Star Wars cantina. <laughs> like, you tell the 21-year-old versions of us, guess yeah. what, guys? And we'd be like, oh, you're full of it. But, that's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah, that's the real exciting thing. Like, we're just going to... Fuck the Millennium Falcon ride. Fuck Rise of Resistance. Hey, hey, We're hey, going hey. straight hey, for the bar. We're going straight for the bar. Because, because you know, Look, we'll get on the other rides. Yeah. We're going for the right. bar. Well, right. We have our priorities here. They, 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 I'm sure those things will be fine. They'll be even better once I've once found three bar, or four yeah. Carillion ales and some Alderaan spice wine. You know, that Alderaan nice. wine, there's only so much of it left in existence. Very rare. <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful rare, rare vintage. It's a... Uh, it's like there's only a few uh, Alvaradian trees left, uh, right? You know, uh, but no, like I'm, I'm planning to go. I'm planning to go sit in the bar because you know, from from all the stuff that that we've know of it, you know, there's stuff that's gonna be happening in the bar. I mean, like, like I, I hats off to Disney on this one. They're going all out, you know, and the fact that you know there will not just be characters roaming outside in the park, but like, who knows? You might see a blaster fight in the middle of the cantina there might be stuff happening like i'm looking forward to see what they do because if they do it right that will be you walk in and you you are in a different world and yeah. that's what i want to see I'm, I'm looking for i mean we're talking about people who know I mean, what they're doing i want to see them do it right yeah yeah well and and like i mean that's that's a huge thing when we think about ghost town right yeah. and you know I've only I've only been in Knott's during Ghost Town once, and you know we went, and it was like Juliet and my friend Mackenzie and I. And then at a certain point, we're like, you know, we should probably go on some rides, right? You know, let's let's go on some rides. So like we went we went on the 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 mine like the the log ride. It had been a long time since I'd done that, so we went and did that. And I think we also did like one of the the VR things they had or something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Um, okay. And and like the time we're done, we're just like all. We should go back to Ghost Town to the point where I was like, "Oh, I wish we had never left." Yeah. Like, why did we do any of that? Ghost Town's better, and Ghost Town is just actors walking, walking around, around, yeah, doing stuff. And so I'm super look. Okay, like I've been completely facetious about the Millennium Falcon ride and Rise of Resistance, right? Like, yeah. I am completely fascinated by the development of those and what they're planning on doing and the things that they've been trying for and the things they've wound up cutting and the sheer ambition, particularly because they wanted to make those rides integral to what goes, what the patron's experiences out in the land is. Right. But I'm telling you and I'm telling them as a Star Wars fan, like I'm going to be fully content just walking, I, just walking yeah. around. Please with, don't try to live you know, there. Please don't try to live there. Oh, no, I mean, that's, that's look, a Florida. That's a Florida. Like, we'll, we'll be doing that later. You know, that's the Florida plan, right? That's yeah. retirement. All right. That's the hotel situation. Um, like, I just want to soft, you know, role play there. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need to do it. I don't need to go hard. I don't need to go full on. But like, I want to go with my people, and I want to slip into character. And frankly, the rides will, you know, you know, will do them like instanced, right? You know, but 
if we're gonna if we're gonna RP that, then we're gonna be there. We're gonna have our own thing, and yeah. part of that thing is gonna be going to the bar and drinking and spending you know money on stuff and hoping that we can just kind of you know lose ourselves for a couple of hours or or a whole day do in right, character credits. If they do it right, you can totally buy credits to, to use at the bar. That's that's what I want. That's I want to see that, guys. Just saying. Yeah. You know, we I mean, to... I want to. I want to have you know. I want to have Korean spike tournaments <laughs> at uh, you know in the cantina. <laughs> we you know, know we know something about that. Don't we? Yeah, we, uh, we know a little bit about that. Um, and this this is that's that's where the dream is, and I think I think if anything, like the calculation might be that like they they may they feel the pressure, and so I worry they're going to try and oversell. Or like you know, over deliver. Um, I mean, I hope they over deliver on everything, right? I mean, that's that's the goal. But like, the the more they can just make space for us to go and you know make our own fun, yeah. Like, uh, or or give us hooks, give us things that we can use to make our own fun. Because I know from just watching your kids or watching you talk about your kids at Ghost Town, like that's essentially what your kids do. Yeah, is they make their own fun out of the the relatively simplistic stuff that that Ghost Town has to offer in terms of plot and and fetch quests and things. Yeah, and it's uh, and and the thing is, well, here's the other thing about like doing doing it for Star Wars, and this is why I want to go without my kids. You know, I know it sounds mean, but like, really, let's let's face it. For those of us who are older, it's a love note. <laughs> it's a love note. You know, it's yeah. It it is it is something that we've all literally dreamt about since we were we were we little kids oh, so, so. i used to draw maps of it when i was like nine years old like i i spent time designing what i wanted a star wars theme park to be i had very specific ideas and what's sort of exciting to me about galaxy's edge is like it's it's pretty much exactly what i described described the hub world being right down to the millennium falcon is parked right in the middle of town square nice like they built what i was dreaming about when i was like 9 10 11 years old you know it's like the magic of disney they, they mm -hmm. understand well they understand yeah well here's the thing i mean it's like i remember growing up going to tom sawyer island mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the parks right so for for those of you guys who haven't been haven't been lucky enough to go to any of the parks tom sawyer island is literally in the middle of the little rivers of america it's like where all the boats go around it's in the middle of frontier land and um it's boring sorry <laughs> i did awesome. not like tom sawyer sorry at all. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Um, sorry, well, sorry sorry well, please continue well, as a dirty little boy <laughs> you know i mean as a dirty old man but oh god we're gonna be called direct your hate mail to no <laughs> Um, I would just be like, oh, I hate this stupid rope bridge. Get me off of this thing. But, but oh, there's the, so much more than the rope the bridge. bridge. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the, the beauty of that place and the quintessential joy of that, and it's when, when my, my oldest was was like a wee, wee, wee little kid, I used to take him over there and I'd like enjoy it, you know, with him because it's basically, it's dirt. It's dirt. <laughs> you know? It's and true. It's dirt. It's dirt in caves. And 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 it literally it is a space like you just said that they allow us to create our own fun and my kid would get with other kids and just like you see them on the playground and, and they'd be like hey let's go take that let's go take that bridge or let's go shoot the people over there you know because they have like the little gun turrets and you just run around the, you know run around this big old play pair you know park that's really well themed and yeah what they've done it's is, a playground 
they've done this for Star Wars. You know, they've basically given us this really big playground. We hope. We, we hope. hope. That's what we're hoping we hope. for. We hope they built they built us a playground. They yeah. built us a playground that's appropriate for I mean, that's the goal. It's like give us a playground that's got the Pixar magic of it's appropriate for all ages. Yeah. Right. And the fact that they've gone and like, you know, broken the broken the cardinal rule of no booze at Disneyland in the Star Wars land, like great, you know? And like if they ever, I mean, I doubt they're going to roll it back. But if they rolled it back to just being like mocktails, like this was Riverdale or something like that, I'd still be okay with it. But like, you know, but that idea of like build a playground and and the genius of what they the the team of nuts did with Ghost Town is they took something they already had and converted it into a playground. Playground, yeah, and it it makes a really convincing playground. Like, yeah, uh, and that's another thing actually about about Star Wars Land is like it's the first big expansion of one of the key parks that's been designed and built post the interactive yeah you know immersive crest so no matter what even if even if like the first draft you know winds up not hitting the way we want it and i and i say this as someone who desperately wants it hit. So that has nothing to do with like, I've heard that and everything to do with like, oh God, please, you know, just wanting it, like having ridiculously high expectations, right? Like, like expectations that will never be met just because I've been dreaming about this for 30 years or more, <laughs> right? Um, more, more than 30 years. Um, it's a living, breathing thing. And if they've built it right, they'll go in and reskin it you know they'll 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 modify things uh the way that they modify star tours you know new movies coming out we're going to advance the storyline here we go it's pushing forward and that's a beautiful thing i just have one question Mm -hmm. do you think a ball pit full of bb-8s would be painful or fun um like filled with like actual like they used on the set type bb8s or like like bb8s like ball pit style plastic bb8s i was thinking the former but now that you say it out loud the latter is probably safer (laughs) yes yes yeah. yeah, you know what I will. Uh, you know, if if I had my dream thing, my dream park actually had the trash compactor as a ball pit, <laughs> right? Think about it, like if you did like like a foam pit, like you had like the jump at these jump you know spaces. Uh, if, if you ever go, yeah. right? Like you know, but you like you do a big foam pit, but it's a trash compactor, like you know, a little big, a, a little deadly, uh, a little deadly possibly. Oh, no, but, you know, sign a waiver. It's totally fine. <laughs> you know, you get you get ten minutes. The walls close together until somebody you know. There's, this, there's, there's, there's a Star Wars themed escape room to design. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Set people, design, uh, five out of five, really felt dangerous, and the smell was terrible. <laughs> What's this tentacle? Actually, yeah. Wow. wow. It's like you have two people up. your escape room. Yeah, you have two you people know. you know, have to work with you. Yeah. Dude, that would be, yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. crap. That's, really, that's I mean, like, you need to be a little more complicated, but, like, no, yeah. but that's yeah. a terrible idea. It's like yeah, it's like we're playing droids. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right now, who knows? Um, who knows? And maybe there's maybe there's stuff like they're in it. I don't. I've I've very little knowledge about like what Rise of Resistance is, other than I've seen like you know the the show vehicle for it, like you kind of riding around. But I wonder if there's like more to it than just like riding around. Um, I'm very very curious. Very 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 curious. Um, 
All right. I think we talked about Star Wars for like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. Really? Uh, no way. I can't believe that. We've been at it for <laughs> the better part of 90 minutes now. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I feel, I mean, we'll end a year show. Like, you know, it happens. Um, yeah. But I feel like we should start moving towards like the end here. So we've talked about what we're looking forward to. Um, I mean, I don't know. And predictions feel wrong because like i don't oh but actually but a kind of a good question and i don't have an answer for this one myself so i'm going to start here but like was there anything that you couldn't have was there anything like super surprised you this year like oh i had no no clue that this kind of thing would be like coming down uh coming down the pike the way it has Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've got and that's not in a sense of like, you know, oh well, like I see it all. Like quite the opposite. Um I'm like almost like everything surprises me, you know? I could probably say more like, oh well, I'm surprised that this thing or that thing didn't happen, you know, but I don't want to go negative. Yeah. Um I mean the one thing maybe is like I, I find it a little surprising that the um the selfie palace has has managed to sustain itself you know like it's not it's not doing a pure fad thing like and i think everyone a year ago said like oh this this can't last and instead it's like nope candytopia is opening more spaces museum of ice cream has a permanent location museum of selfies has a permanent location location, and is opening more spaces like you know, there's the Museum of Pizza, which we've like never talked about, but apparently is like in more than one space as well. Like there's so many of these things that it's like hard to keep track of them. And they're still charging like 30 bucks a head. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, um, and I guess maybe the only other thing that I would say on my part would be like that that Meow Wolf has announced like three expansions now. Uh and 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 not just like one or two, right? Um, but they announced they just announced DC, and I'm like, you know, this is this is happening. Yeah, like that part of it, the, the part that we don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about because, um, you know, so much of the stuff we talk about is is short term. But I, I honestly think, like as we as we mature as a site, probably we spend more time talking about you know things like things like Meow Wolf. I mean, there's the irony that right? they were a sponsor for a while and like we're still like involved in, with them uh, in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, things like Meow Wolf, things like Factory Obscura, uh, things like, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. God, what is it? Um, there's something in Asheville. Uh, whose oh, name uh, Zed? Yeah, Zed, which, you know, hasn't opened yet, but is like, you know, in the planning station stages, like, all this kind of stuff that's going on out there, um, you know, kind of, you know, Meow Wolf kind of cracked the the ice for that type of um, experience. And now there's just, there's more folks pouring into the gap precisely for the same reasons that, you know, there's a million productions of Hamlet, because again, not everyone can get to Santa Fe or get to, you know, Denver or, you know, 
Las Vegas. Well, actually, everyone gets to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, eventually, yeah. Whether you want to or not, you know, and I'm not declaring which one I am, uh, whether you want to or not, you wind up in Vegas sooner or later. Um, and uh, like, again, like, check check your tax code. You'll see in there you're required to go to Vegas. Um, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I say this is someone who like really enjoys the Pinball Museum and loves the Red Rock Desert. So I just want to declare like I'm one of the people who will choose to go to Vegas, not the Strip. I don't go to the Strip, but I go to other parts of Vegas. Um, the um, that whole part of the universe being so robust, I think I I, I didn't grok it as much a year ago as I do now. And um, now with hindsight, having been to Meow Wolf, like, it doesn't surprise me that it's happening. But if you had told me a year ago, it's like, there's going to be all of these, I'll just be like, what's going on? And like, why are these selfie palaces maintaining? And yeah, so th those are mine. Um. What was the question again? <laughs> anything that's like anything that, like surprised Sorry. you this year? Oh yeah, that like magically was turned out to be real. <clears throat> that Oculus well, Go just like showed up. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Like just yeah. one day they were like, "Oh, remember that thing we told you about a long time ago? Here it is. Everyone at F Eight gets one." <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. I don't um, know if that's worked out the way they quite thought it was going to, but um, but I think you know that's a really good one. I mean, I'm looking at my Oculus Go right now. Um, <laughs> the batteries are probably dead. If you have Maybe. similar problems to me, <laughs> possibly. I don't know. I haven't plugged it in in a minute. But there you go. Right, I haven't plugged it in in a minute. Because um, like, there's nothing. Like, there's no. I mean. Let's face it, you can't play Beat Saber on it. So I just got a PSVR mm -hmm. because of Beat Saber. I wanted to play Beat Saber. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, it's so oh, go good. Ahead. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's great. It's so good. Um, Mike Fontaine was telling me uh, that he's excited about uh, doing it on PC because PC has um, people do mod tracks of their own. So they do like they take they take music and they they do tracks for it. So there's a whole mod community around it. That's if you look exciting. on YouTube, there are people who do it uh, Darth Maul style. <gasps> Go on YouTube. I know, I know, right? So people are choosing like popular songs or weird random songs. Does someone even do it to Duel of the Fates? Because that'd be or dance even better to Dance of the Fates from the All Knots. Because like oh, I would God. lose my shit. If you do not know what the oral knots are, yeah, you go look A-U-R-A-L-N-A-U-T-S. <laughs> particularly just type in Jedi Party. Yes. And <laughs> we are we are in a time loop because we had this exact conversation, I think, a year ago with Zay. Because oh, <laughs> he had did. not heard about that. Look, like, it's yeah, Christmas like, time. No, it's, yeah. there's a reason why. Because I just, I, it's not that I discovered it. Well, yeah, I think I became acquainted with All Knots around Christmas time uh, because of Holiday Bane. Okay. <laughs> you know Holiday Bane? Does everyone here know Holiday, Holiday Bane? Bane? Holiday stop, Bane. Stop, stop, stop. 
what are you having for Christmas? So we didn't have any this year. Psych. Um, <laughs> it's it's sublime. Um, and uh, or maybe it had already been acquainted with Jedi Party, but then I like forgot about them. And then when that came back up, I was like, "What have those guys been up to?" And by I think by that point they had done like more. And I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, no, I've sat down more than once in my life and forced people to watch all of the prequels. Um, the OTs are kind of okay, but um, yes. We, we've uh, come back to Star Wars, guys. Yeah, that, right, okay. Star Wars. Do the Fates, Oculus, Go, PSVR. Yes. yes. Now that I have the Go and the PSVR, I mm-hmm. find myself reaching for that PSVR much more often because it's got... Tetris and Astrobot and Moss and Beat Saber and it, oh, how is Tetris Effect? Because I hear nothing uh, but good things about it. It, I actually find it um, too immersive sometimes. Like I have to take a step back oh, wow. because you're playing and you're creating a soundtrack as you're playing, and you are kind of looking forward at the gameplay area, but there's all these environmental effects happening around you. And the mm-hmm. haptic feedback mm-hmm. and the controller is responding to your actions. So sometimes I actually find it to be too intense. Is it what the, the guys, is it Mizuguchi, I think is the name of the creator there. He's also did like Res, um, real, and Res and Luminous. And yeah, has a real high, like totally, he's really into haptic feedback and into like pulse effects. And I know there's like people who like, I think sometimes you can get like take an another controller and just use it just to keep time so you can like strap them to your body and like get the pulse effects from it because like they're just I don't know what drugs they're taking on top of because <laughs> the, they're creating but they are super into creating full body effects on these things so but I think I, and I think it's only ever going to be on PSVR which annoys me because I'm never going to get PSVR well, um, I, it's definitely exclusive right now. Right. The second you turn it on, it tells you to go put headphones on. So you've got the headset mm. and the headphones and the controller and you're underwater in space. There's dolphins or you're in a forest or what? there's this crazy one that looks like some sort of temple. And all of the dudes are like bending forward in time with the beat, which is also <sighs> synced up with the pieces that they're falling. And the genius part is once you actually play through the campaign mode you get a theater mode where you can just kind of like hang out so i went to a friend's house the other day and for music or just background noise he had tetris (laughs) on in theater mode and i was like oh yeah i know all these songs (laughs) that's fantastic um yeah i'm really i mean something i'm looking forward to next year is i am looking forward to the oculus quest right like if anything i just look at like i'll probably give my go to somebody um once i get the quest um and because that one should have beat saber at launch um and it's going to be six degrees of freedom um and untethered and i've just been waiting i've been waiting for that moment and beat saber like yeah like it's probably gonna be like 400 bucks or something like that and like you know next year will probably be much tighter than this year i imagine the way the way things are shaping up for me financially but i want that but the gym you've got beat saber that's not a terrible idea. You can actually. also log it as a fencing workout on your phone, <laughs> which is what my friend Dan does, and it confuses everyone. 
your fencing? Of course, I would take a fencing class. Um, yeah, that's gonna. I mean, that the six degrees of freedom headsets, like with a couple more things like Beat Saber out there in the world, it could be a game changer this year. Like, I'm not gonna bet heavily on it. Um, I think it also depends on what sort of narrative experiences that are native to the format come through. Because there was a lot of like, I mean, I've seen I've seen some VR video stuff, particularly VR video stuff. Like, I mean, Delusion just dropped recently, and Delusion, uh, which is on the Samsung Gear, uh, Samsung VR video, um, and. It's got a, I mean, it's got a lot going for it. And it's, it's lies within, so it's like that story, and it's like the production design and the acting, and it's like totally, totally rock solid. Um, and then like the Willows uh, is available through like uh, a strange little app, uh, and it was a really good, like it was only like one eighty, but it was definitely an interesting like oh, and it's just really the Willows. It had a little telltale action going to it in terms of you got to pick your tracks and then told you at the end like what you did. And so like I was like, oh that's cool, right? It has like a little bit of interaction to it. Uh but definitely lets you like can be completist about it. I think for someone who who saw the Willows and liked the Willows, like it's really a great thing to have. Um and I definitely enjoyed it. Um and there's a few um there's a few like short form pieces that i've liked over the years but not a lot of stuff like really takes advantage of the format like you don't get a lot of dispatches you don't get a lot of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um stuff particularly you don't get a lot of stuff that plays with the six degrees of freedom kind of ability to move around and i think that if if we're lucky there's a bunch of content, and I, I say this pure speculation, I have no idea. Um, if we're lucky, there's a bunch of content that's sort of waiting in the wings that really plays with those dynamics um, and uh, and will drop at launch. Because I think for me, with the with, when I got the go, I got I was very excited to get a few things like uh, virtual virtual reality, which is fantastic. And keep talking, uh, and no, keep talking. Oh, I love that song. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that game is I, so much fun. I still haven't played it yet. I own it, but I still haven't played it yet. It's, it's like a precursor to that kind of cooperative party game because yeah. I tend to play it in like a group where one person has the headset on, and then we're all flipping through the manual, yelling about wires and buttons and codes. Mm, yeah. So like, I'm I'm into that. Um, and and there's and there are even little things like um you know um Kara and I Kara's gotta go and we there's you can play boggle, right? Like licensed boggle inside. And so we did, we just had a we just we just hung out one day <laughs> inside like the little Oculus space that there was in like the little game room that we had, and we were just shooting the shit and playing boggle. And it was like, this is great you know uh but like not everyone's in there all the time so like and I, one of my friends is like super into vr chat and and i'd love to go visit some of her worlds but all yeah. of that i mean so much of stuff is tied to yeah anthony knows what i'm talking about yeah um it's all tied to the the pc and mm -hmm. i just don't want to be tethered like it's just just not something i'm really interested in doing and in many ways like the original gear vr like spoiled me the first time i had that on my head i was like yeah why would i i don't know no no more cords and it's taken like 
four years before the tech was powerful enough. And, you know, it's like I find myself playing my Nintendo Switch way more than I play my Xbox One X. Yeah, um, there's, just there's because no, there's no wires. It's no yeah, strings. Look, Mom, there's, there's no strings. strings. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's got no strings to hold me down, you know? And I'd, I'd rather take a, a graphically uh, simpler experience uh, that just that that the actual physical experience was better, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, see, when they come out with a goggle, like a goggle like upgrade for uh, from the Nintendo Switch, it's when, you know, they're, they're, they're up in their game because of what it can do right now. Like, it'd be interesting to see if, they, if, if somebody, you know, figures out that because... Uh, where that controller works it's like hey tilt and pan yeah i mean there's there's some of that i mean nintendo nintendo's always so i mean they do their, they march their own drums so i wouldn't expect it there i mean there's always like people speculating like what is what is apple gonna do with ar um and vr and so i wouldn't be surprised if apple doesn't come up with some kind of goggle setup that that is based off of the core idea is like this is a pair of glasses that is passed through ar that it's not a magic leap or hollow lens type situation um <clears throat> like i could see them maybe doing that kind of setup um i'm sure they've experimented with it but there's also kinds of reasons i mean the, the flip side of like do we really want it people walking around with freaking tv strapped to their eyes all day long i mean they kind of do it with their phones already, but like, do we really want that future? Do we want Ready Player One future? Uh, uh, read, read War Games. It's a, it's a better series. The War Game, the War Game uh, duology. It's a better series on that. They, yeah. they do that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, uh, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but but see yeah. see Noah, if you did get a PSVR, I I think there is a game that you would really like. Where so you as the player mm -hmm. are embodied as a magical orb, and when you look in the water, you kind of see your reflection, and you look a little like um, the the No Face character from Spirited Away, but mm. the joystick controls the protagonist of the story, which is an itty bitty mouse named Quill, and she needs to go rescue her uncle from the evil snake, and it's just like the first time where I've been like, oh. I'm in the story, but not just as the protagonist. Like it's not that camera floating above the shoulder that you get in a lot, a lot of shooters. And the way that you solve the puzzles to help Quill, sometimes you actually have to like stand up or look around and like peer like behind a pillar or something. So I think that's one of the ones that's kind of getting at what you're talking about, where mm. you are not necessarily the hero of the story, but you're present in the hero's world you can help the hero and also sometimes i just like stop and look around i'm like oh a shadow of a deer just passed us from far away and now i can see the light like dancing on the particles of dust in vr and i'm not necessarily progressing the game right now i'm just looking around because it's cool it sounds really nifty and i also really want to play the spider-man game that's on ps4 but you guys are killing me. I got kids. Sorry. <laughs> Sony, Sony, um, the PlayStation, because there are Sony products that like I I I buy and I love and I in fact I I got my major Christmas present to myself this year was some pretty wicked over the ear wireless noise canceling Sony headphones. 
um, because they got a very, very great review. And then I happened to be in a Best Buy that day with a Best Buy credit card burning a hole in my pocket. And I was like, uh-oh, I think I just got Christmas. Um, so it's not that I don't buy Sony things, but I have an antagonistic relationship to the PlayStation brand for two reasons. One, <clears throat> in the PlayStation 1 era, um, Bushido Blade, which was an excellent game, but came out pre uh, DualShock when the analog sticks. Oh. I blistered my thumb so badly on that Ooh. garbage controller that was the original controller because that that cross pad on the original PlayStation One was crap, and that was college for me. And it it messed things up. And I was like, "This is bullshit. I do not want to own this machine." So I never bought a PlayStation One. In the PlayStation Two era. Um, maybe not even PlayStation 2 era. It was either PlayStation 2 or PS... No, it was, it was PS... Yeah, it was before the PS2. Was when the Dreamcast came out. And the Dreamcast came out, and the Dreamcast... <sighs> Dreamcast, the dearly departed Dreamcast. Uh, it was oh Sega's God, last console. Uh, and I had been a Genesis kid. Like, I was, I was a full-on Sega fanboy. In fact, right now, what I'm playing on my Switch... The main game I'm playing right now, because I've never completed it, and I've gone as far as I've ever gotten, part because they've got a tweaked version of it, the Sega Ages version of Fantasy Star, which mm. was a Master System R uh, RPG. So one of the early JRPGs came out in like 87 or 88, right? Maybe 89 at latest. Absolutely beautiful. Like to this day, because the art style like holds up in pixel art form, but it was always gorgeous. The Fantasy Star series for me is something I've daydreamed about a long time. I've owned this game a couple of times. I've never been able to complete it. The Sega Ages version, I highly recommend because they've tweaked the grind on it. So basically they've cut the grind into a quarter. So like fewer battles, more XP. You just level up through it really quickly because they're like, hey, guess what? You're probably playing this because you always wanted to play this, but you don't want to spend 30 hours of your life on an 8-bit role-playing game. So we're going to give you the experience of running around and doing all this stuff, and we're just going to get you leveled up faster. And it's like, thank you. So I'm really enjoying it, right? I've spent me like seven hours over the Christmas break, and I think I'm like two-thirds of the way finished already, right? It's perfect. Um... Hard to track the story because, like, they don't. There's no tools for tracking the story. Like, so I'll pick it up and like, oh, I gotta go read a walkthrough right now because I've completely forgotten what I'm trying to do. Um, but when the Dreamcast came out, Sony instantly started saying, "Hey, hey, hey, we've got a new console coming out too," and so they vaporwared the PS2 for like a year to a year and a half, and the gaming press was like, "Well." I don't know if anyone should buy a Dreamcast because, you know, the PS2 is about to come out and that's going to change everything. And then it kept on not coming out. And in the meantime, there were these brilliant games, like these crazy weird games for the Dreamcast. And it was even one of the first machines to like have like an internet port on it and the whole nine yards. But Sony managed to... In part, I mean, Sega also screwed up, but like Sony managed to, from PR alone, vaporware the Dreamcast to death. That was in, that was 19 years ago. I've never forgiven them. So I've never owned a Sony machine. As I no hold one grudges. else holds on to a grudge. Decades. This has been the North Persinium Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
now, and like I said, I say this, I'm wearing Sony headphones right now. I've got fancier Sony headphones sitting in front of me. Like there's plenty of Sony products I love. The PlayStation brand gets none of my money ever for all time. Uh, until <laughs> until the first VR fully immersive bodysuit comes out and it'll be all over it. Nope. I mean, I don't have a Play PC. We already had the console because I wanted to play like Gone Home and Firewatch and Tacoma and you get all the other, you know, Red Dead Redemption, God of War stuff too. And this was like, oh, if you also want VR and then they slash those bundles so much for Black Friday, it just felt really obvious because oh, yeah. Beat Saber. See, this is why I have Steam. I can get all that same stuff on, on Steam on my PC. So I'm just, yeah. just saying. Just well, saying. I mean, look, I mean, I Including wish, look, look, if Sony, if Sony hadn't vaporwared, you know, 20 years ago, um, I probably would have wound up like owning like a PS3, you know, or and I definitely would have wound up owning a PS4 at some point, right? Um, because of the PSVR. Like there's been plenty of things that have come out where I was like, wow, I really wish that I didn't swear a blood oath against PlayStation um, because that looks like a great game. Particularly right now with like Marvel Spider-Man, like that looks like as good as like Spider-Man 2, which was on every single system, which is one of my favorite games of all time, right? Or then Ultimate Spider-Man, which came out afterwards that had the same swing mechanic and was just like, these are fantastic games. Like, they really feel like Spider-Man. Like it's a whole original story and looks really cool and yada yada yada. Too bad about that blood oath. Um, I mean, you missed The Last of Us, dude. I've missed The Last of Us. I've missed Uncharted. I've missed. <laughs> oh, um, like I could, you know, like uh, I think Journey's available. Like not on, like on Steam now, maybe. Um, so I missed Journey. I missed Flower. You haven't played Journey. Haven't played Journey. Okay, haven't played this, Flower. Pod this podcast is over. <laughs> No, like, and these are, but these are all, these are, I mean, look, you know, I, it's not like I don't suffer for it, but they really No one suffers as have, much as Noah. They should not have vaporware the Dreamcast. They killed something that was perfect and beautiful. And they didn't need to kill it. Like, we, we learned later that you could have multiple consoles, right? Like, there was a truism in the day. Right, that there could only be one console king at a time, but you didn't have to have any knockout punch. And this is true, right? Like Nintendo would give up the crown to Sega, Sega would give up the crown to Nintendo, etc. And then Sony thought they could like lock everybody out. And now we're in this wonderful detente world where it's like there's Microsoft and like they're ascendant, then Sony's ascendant, and then Nintendo, every other console is garbage, right? But then then they come up with then the next one is like is brilliant, right? I haven't owned a Nintendo console until since the NES. Other than I own I own the NES, the the 2DS or the, the whatever or the, the the DS, not the 2DS. I own the NES, I own the DS, and I've owned the Switch. Like that's been it for Nintendo consoles. So I had my Atari um, 2600 back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I borrowed my cousin's Intellivision. Uh, and uh, my first system that I owned that I wasn't borrowing or uh, borrowing from somebody else was a uh, bought PS2 that I that I bought secondhand uh, from from a friend with a package of games that I can't play three of them because they're all scratched up. So uh, <laughs> I'm just just saying, you know, some of us stick with the pen and paper a little bit because it's the world. <laughs> There's no. no VR pen and paper. Come on. Well, you know, here, you know, it's like we keep talking about all these embodied experiences, you know, like the VR and mixed VR. Like, and I know it's a big debate among people, but like, 
like I have fallen fallen in love with and, and slowly digging down the rabbit hole of um, paper experiences. And I know like there's, you know, ephemera experiences i don't know if that's like mm. a, a thing or like the like, escape room in a box stuff well no no not even escape room in you're the talking box, about like, like the the murder mystery by post type stuff right? i'm talking like yeah the murder mystery by post i'm talking about like um uh basically where people send you an experience and you know it really does put you on the same plane if you do it right um i like one of the things that i'm trying to save up money for <clears throat> is uh uh, the mysterious package company. I'm always talking about those guys. Um, yeah, you've been for years now. You've been talking yeah. about those folks. Um, and they keep changing. And they keep changing up their game. So they they changed uh, their you know their monthly or their quarterly, and now they have a new thing, which is basically it's like a Hogwarts kind of thing that they're, that they're working on. Um, and because they they've been opening their stuff up more and way away from horror to kind of bring in the rest of the family, because uh, you know they have they have like I think three or four family friendly uh, experiences. Um, that are fully realized and you get mailings with stuff, you know, so it's not just, you know, not just like a, you know, a, you know, a couple of letters and stuff. No, it's like they send diaries and they send, you know, uh, wow. you know they send, you know, like uh, things that are puzzles you have to work out and they send, um, you know, literal Rosetta stones, you know, uh, which is one of the things that they've been doing. Uh, heck, like I even go, um, there's a book uh, written by JJ Abrams, who's co-wrote, co-wrote it called S. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys get a chance to check that out, um, I haven't gotten all the way through it. I'm trying to been, been slowly making my way through it, but like, it's literally, they made a library book, like an actual library book that smells like a library book. And it's got writing in the margins. And oh, that's amazing. And, and, and it's, it's the story of two people's obsession with this particular book as they share it and they don't meet each other. And it's this amazing story where they're just talking in the margins and their pencils and pens writing back and forth to each other over a series of months. And there's like little postcards and notes and ephemera and receipts that are stuffed in the book that help tell the story. And I can't, well, like 2015 or like 2014. Yeah. It's been a few years ago. Yeah. And I'm amazed by like, there are people going like, that's a thing. I'm like, Oh God, it came out a few years ago. You can check it out. And people haven't heard of it. Um, but the thing is like, you know, there's like stuff like that. And there's, and I think it's actually a growing trend as well. Um, it's one of the things that I'm surprised about um, to, to kind of bring it completely back around to like 40 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but uh, one of the things that I'm surprised about is that, that it's not exploded bigger than it is because, you know, for, you know, the cost of a old school newspaper, uh, you know, subscription, you can get something mailed to you like weekly or monthly or quarterly that is, you know, is, is a story and that, you know, you, literally work through the story and work through the puzzles. And then you have a story, again, you have a story to talk about and share after we're done. So I wonder if one of the reasons why though, that people don't talk about it too much. Um, I mean, one, you know, there's a matter of like micro targeting. There could be people talking about it and we just don't see it. Like I do get ads for these days and I don't think it's ads for the mysterious package company i think it's ads for uh, uh, uh killer you, i think it is it's oh yeah, yeah i get serial killer. killer in a box serial killer in a box yeah, yeah. i give it i give it all the time yeah wait um, are we being targeted um yes we <laughs> oh, yeah we're um, totally yeah, we're totally targeted, targeted. um but, Good uh, God. But, there, but there are other ones out there that people like don't know about like um uh i know when brianna uh, you know one of our, our, our people uh, brianna went down to uh new orleans you know she's like what's down here and i was like you can check out lady delaney um there's this uh lady down in 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 Norlands, in uh in the south in the united states and she has a bunch of things going on like she has like a little 
uh, like scavenger hunt that's, you know, like miniature scavenger hunts, it's like all through, you know, the downtown New Orleans and the cemeteries mm. and storefronts. But she also has a thing that's a, another mail order thing. It's called Letters to Dead People. And I fell in love with that um, a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's literally she tells these these stories through, um, uh, you know, letters and notes and postcards that kind of come in like those little bundles that come in like every couple of months. And, you know, it's a full story for the year. So uh, like one of them was like, uh, like Houdini going down to, to bust a famous uh, soothsayer. Um, and it's basically their back and forth and other people and agents around them. And you kind of get this, you know, the story of, uh, of what happened. And some of it's, you know, some of it's true. It's based off of real stuff. Um, there was another, it was a missing girl. Somebody went and searched for, and they all got kind of these neat through lines that, um, you know, that are about, uh, you know, these people who have long passed cause they're all set like in the 1920s, thirties and 1800s, um, you know, who've who have their own experiences and they kind of share them with you as, you know, kind of like, like as a third party going through somebody's old, uh, old trunk, you know? And uh, I think that's really cool. And I love to see more of those kind of things out there. Um, you know, I know it's still growing. There's like a lot of people cause it's, it is a lot of work um, to do it right. Uh, which is where, you know, stuff like, you know, Hunter Killer is able to do it because it's all modern day, but like, you know, Mysterious Package Company, you know, they, they have like, you know crafts you know, they have artisans and craft makers who like you know put out stuff that you get it and you get like a pewter statue you know that's been aged and smells funny and you know and hair tied to it like a human hair so oh uh yeah oh yeah they 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 have a thing there's one of their their experiences they're like yes this is real human hair um by one of their interns and like and that's the thing it's like you don't know how yeah right put that on your yeah. resume yeah so yeah, I grew up my hair so I can cut it to send it off on the on mailing package to a uh, to a bunch of uh, Americans who were bored. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh my god, god. But but I mean, but but that kind of thing. It's like, you know, if you're gonna tell a horror story, that's like, you know, like and here's like this 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 thing. It's like, cool. I've got like you know uh, a thing of human hair, or I have a story to tell, or you know, a locket. Um, again, it's one of those things where like I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised both that it has been growing as fast as it has been because there are more and more of these companies that are popping up. Um, and I'm surprised that it hasn't completely, you know, exploded for those, you know, folks who are in places where, you know, in those other 18 states where are all white who haven't, um, <laughs> who haven't gotten, uh, you know, immersive shows up yet. Because, like, you know, if you are an Amazon crony who wants to order all your stuff, what do you do on a Saturday night if you're, just, you know, in the middle of nowhere and you, there's no show? for you know ten thousand miles you can go read a really cool book that takes you a week to get through and another week to go through all the puzzles you know i mean uh yeah anthony you yes. just reminded me of another surprising thing that happened to us oh noah do you remember when an arg sent you oh, some yeah. mysterious <laughs> packages <laughs> oh yeah Dun, dun, dun. Um, Remember that one time in band camp? Yeah. Um, what was what did what did stupefying uh, so yarns? Stupefying yarns. yarns nicknamed yes. me at the charity case for a while. Um, yeah, because I got like two envelopes. So I still have those. So they're still around. Um, like I did not have the time to pursue it at the time, and that all led up to uh, the New York. Um, New York Comic Con, right? New York Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, it was a launch for some content that seems to be like related to, like Magic Leap is up to something. It's some story that they're doing 
uh, that's related. So I think inevitably there'll be something, I mean, it makes sense. Like there'll be the, I mean, I think the magic leap was like part, like the physical device was like part of the story at one point, but I yeah, gotta imagine there's some- portal. Yeah. It's a portal into the other world. Right. So I, they've got to imagine they've got some some narrative content they're putting on the device. Um, that, um, I, yeah. I think they hinted South by Southwest. So another thing to look oh, forward yeah. to mm. in March, like the game went quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. I am, like many of the other players, very delinquent in completing my art assignment from Mr. Grunbaum, which I still have. <laughs> But yeah, um, to build on your point, Anthony, I'm, I think I've heard some of the like uh, alternate reality game escape room folks talking about those kinds of experiences. I think the thing is, is if you kind of dedicate yourself to one, you want to play the whole thing. Like, it's, I think yeah. it's just not really sustainable to do multiple at the same time. Well, not the same time, but uh, because really they are like an ARG. It's like once you go down the rabbit hole, you're going down the rabbit hole. Right, um, right. Uh, and many, many of them, many of them have uh, ARG elements, so they kind of do that, and you get phone calls and all that kind of thing. Uh, but honestly, you know, some of them keep libraries you know, where they have more than one on, on library. So once you finish one, you come back and you do another experience, or you can gift them to people. Hint, hint. Um, so uh, <laughs> to to those of you who are, you can gift experiences to other people. Um, and uh, although you got to be careful, apparently, because they have people apparently call cops every once in a while. It's like, who's this weird package? It's in a box. I don't know who it's from. It's from my uncle. It's not from my uncle. I don't have a dead uncle named Wilbur. In the, you know. uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it is one of those neat things where there are many, uh, again, there are many different entrances into our particular point of madness. And I love it that there are so many different ways to get into it. You know, whether or not you come into it via theater or film or interactive film or interactive theater through video games, role playing through, you know, escape room in a box. Um, sorry, my thing, my brain just went to a Saturday Night Live sketch and I'm just going to refrain. Um, and uh, it, it's uh, it, it, I, lo- I love the fact that there's so many different ways you can get into this and so many different things you can do. So, you know, if you're like me and you're shut in, you have kids and you don't leave the house, uh, <laughs> except, you know, on your occasional show, um, you know, there's stuff that you can still participate, you know, even if, you know, even if it's like, you know, helping to solve a puzzle for, you know, 600 people on the, online um, trying to manage an ARG. So uh, kudos to all you creators out there who are doing this stuff. Uh, thank you for. Yeah, all the shows and the pod plays and the SMS plays and the mysteries by mail. It's all part of our world. The world that keeps expanding all the time. Um, so, Anthony, when are you going to write about <laughs> all this stuff for us? Like, I'm, working on, it. I'm, working, I'm working on it. Come on. Yeah. Too early for the guilt trip. <laughs> no, 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 we, no, no, it's we're, not, no. No, we're we're two in hours and fifteen minutes into the show, I think now. So like yeah. we're well past the time to get to. But on that note, actually, like we should probably like wrap up. Um, we've covered a lot of territory. Um, but again, for a holiday weekend. So, um, yeah. Any any last thoughts before we close up here? I'll take that as everyone, a no. Just <laughs> everyone out there, if you feel like you're the only person in your town doing what you're doing, the only one interested in this stuff, you are not alone. Keep on fighting the good fight and 
Boise and St. Louis and the hinterlands or wherever you happen to be. Um, I'd like to thank you guys all for telling us about stuff. If you hear about things, um, part of what keeps us alive and keeps everybody in this community knowing is sharing information. So if you hear about a show that's coming out, tell us if, you know, even if it's not your show, if you heard like, you know, on the street, like, Hey, so-and-so's putting, somebody's putting a show in the barn. Let us know. Um, Cause we'd love to spread the word. Um, and you know, people are crazy. They do things like, you know, fly out to St. Louis to go see a show. It, it, it is not unheard of. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys keep the, keep the faith alive out there. It's uh, it's been good in 2018. We want to be even bigger and better in 2019. On that note, um, as of next weekend, I believe, no, as of, well, hmm, technically speaking, as of tomorrow, uh, no proscenium will be five years old. I say as of tomorrow Yay! because uh, maybe, or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, two days from now. Because uh, just when I bought the domain name. So um, five years we've on the one hand we've had this a long time on another hand we are just getting started um there's a reality distortion effect that happens if you're in one of the hubs where you think you've seen it all you think that this is like a huge thing and you and you're wondering why things aren't a certain way um and the answer is because there's not enough resources um we are all as a as a field because i don't like saying industry as a field as a domain just getting started even the big companies like disney that are playing in our space are really just dipping their toes in that doesn't mean that there is an incredibly accomplished work I mean, if there wasn't a sleep in the morning and then she fell, if there weren't things like the tension experience out in Los Angeles and delusion, if there weren't um, people like Barney and Cloudus, you know, down in Serenbe in, in, outside of Atlanta, working at a certain scale, working at a certain depth, um, we wouldn't have the feel that we do. But we are just getting started. Um, it's a scrappy bunch, and that scrappiness is going to continue going forward. There's, you know, I myself spread myself pretty thin between this, getting Leia up on its feet, getting another IDS out the door, um, IDS which already... Um, already like needs to grow more than it was able to from one year to the other, despite the fact that we doubled in size from year one to year two, still we need to get even bigger. Um, there's a lot of work ahead of us. I'm kind of tired um, having done it for five years, but I know that we're at that part where the second wind is coming and this is a marathon and not a sprint. And we're just about to like crest that hard hill 
and then a nice plateau is coming our way. So keep on pace, keep breathing, drink a lot of water, and I'll see you at the finish line. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. And I looked it up while we were talking, and indeed, I got it right. The sustaining about No Persinium are Jan Budman, Lonnie Hanson, Ari Herstand, Mark Balthazar, Sam Kinkin, and Ross Sigworth. I actually was starting to read it right then, and then like, the thing disappeared on my phone. I'm like, no, okay, gonna do it from memory again. Um, you can find us at nopersinium.com. Uh, if you have a show, pitch us at pitches at nopersinium.com. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you at the show. <laughs>